Welcome to the Grace-Filled Food Freedom Podcast. In this podcast, you can expect to be inspired and equipped to ditch diets, eat well, and let your light shine. Every time you listen, you can expect practical tips straight from the Word of God that are going to get you on the road to food freedom today gooey bites of deliciousness that will make you shimmy in your seat because you know that God is speaking directly to you. Are you ready? All right, grab a fork. Let's dive in. Welcome to this third episode of our Is It Biblical Diet series. And in this episode, we're looking at the keto diet. Now we could hardly pick a more popular diet here in the year of 2023. Oh boy, keto is king. And not many diets have altered the world like keto has. I'm thinking of the 1990s and the low fat trend where we saw low fat foods and it really changed the food industry. And we're seeing that phenomenon with keto diet also. Yogurts and breads and all kinds of popular processed foods have been made ketoized so that keto dieters can continue to purchase products sold by these companies. And keto is also going to be known for its forever diet baggage, much like the 1990s were. In fact, I remember when I went on a low fat diet, eating entire boxes of Snackwell's cookies, uh, eating raisins like they had no calories at all because they were low fat. And we're going to see a similar phenomenon with this keto diet where it seems to be that foods are considered good and bad and foods that are in the good category, well, people tend to eat those with license. And that of course leads to poor health and ultimately doesn't help us grow in the fruit of self-control. So as we review the keto diet and ask if it is biblical, we wanna come back to God's word, right? How will we know something's biblical? Well, we have to look at the Bible. And as we've touched on in previous episodes, the biggest filter that I like to bring diets or any habit practice for that matter through is the filter of the fruit of the spirit. We're talking about love, joy, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the attributes, the characteristics that you and I as Christians, we want to grow in. And did you know your diet could help you do that? Just like any other practice in our lives what we eat, how we discipline ourselves, what we choose to invest our time, energy, and resources into, it's going to produce some kind of fruit in our lives. It could be a good fruit, right? Or not so good fruit. And you've probably seen how diets can produce unwanted fruit in your lives. Rotten fruit, fruit that rots, fruit that steals joy, right? Fruit that upsets your belly. When you're looking at the keto diet, and let's say you've been on the keto diet or you're considering it, I want you to ask yourself, I want you to ponder how following this diet would help you grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is a gift from God. It's not something that we make happen on our own, but it is a product of our habits and sort of the way that we're walking in God's Word, right? The more we're plugged into God, the more that we're into His Word, the more we're going to see that fruit. Well, our actions and the way that we dive into a particular food plan can also alter that output. If you've spent any period of time kind of obsessively thinking about food or body weight or body image, you know that the fruit of that is probably not love. In fact, it can make us kind of cranky and we might be thinking about ourselves and ourselves alone. We're 
probably not working on patience because we can be a little bit short when we're on those ups and downs of the diet roller coaster, right? You ever had a bad eating day? You fell off your diet? Girl, patience is far from us. Kindness is far from us because we're angry with ourselves and that can spill out into our lives with other people. And so if you're following something like keto diet, how does it help you walk in love and patience and self-control with others, with yourself, like in life in general? And I can't answer that question for you. Now, many people will answer a resounding yes. When I'm on keto, I have no cravings, like food really feels in its proper place. And that could be true for you. And that may be something that makes it worth to stick to for you. But for me and for the hundreds of women that I've coached over the years, we found something like keto was incredibly unsustainable. It kind of isolates us and makes it a little bit more challenging to be involved in social events. And actually it makes food more of a focus than we want it to be. Anytime we're changing our relationships with food or any unhealthy habit we may have in our lives, there's gonna be a season of more intense focus, right? Women who start our platinum program, we spend six months kind of sorting through our relationship with food, how we eat, why we eat, right? How we think about our bodies, but it's not intended to be at that intensity for any length of time. And if something like the keto diet keeps you hyper-focused on food and makes it hard for you to socialize, makes it hard for you to live your life in a way that you would like to, then it may not be sustainable for you. Now, a lot of folks, think the keto diet works because of the villainization of carbohydrates, right? Carbs are bad, sugar is bad, and we need to stay away from them wholeheartedly. However, I would like to bring on a little dose of common sense. When you're on the keto diet, something like watermelon is considered much less healthy than bacon. I don't know, you interpret the science the way you would like to, but in my book, in my sense of common sense, that doesn't make sense. In in no way, shape, or form should I think anyone avoid any food group in its entirety, bacon included, like there's room for that if you'd like to eat bacon, but avoiding a food group entirely doesn't lead to the best health that we can have. Fruit is full of many vitamins and minerals, and whether those keto advocates say you can get it from liver and other animal products besides the point. The point is that there's balance to be found in eating a variety of foods and including those foods in place of moderation and really where we're seeking first the kingdom of God and that relationship with him is helping us walk in self-control with all foods. This episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. Are you interested in homeschooling but you feel like you lack the support you need? I used to feel the same way. But I learned that not only am I my daughter's first teacher, I can actually be her best teacher. And it's the same for you. You can learn more about how to make homeschooling doable at classicalconversations.com forward slash Graceville. Now we can learn something from keto. We probably learned that an excessive amount of carbohydrates is probably not the best for us. Listen, I grew up with cereal for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch, and pasta for dinner. We're talking carbohydrate overload because carbs are cheap and they're tasty and you know they really fit into many people's preferences. It makes life easy for us to have those foods at the center of our diet. However, a carb-centric diet is not great for us. We were missing out on so many wonderful nutrients that we get through the proteins and the beans and the whole grains, fruits and vegetables. So what we can learn from keto is, hey, maybe shifting away from having such a processed carbohydrate-centric diet could be really good for me. But it doesn't mean we need to cut them out entirely. 
It means we put on wisdom, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit within us. Girl, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, you said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. Like you have the Holy Spirit within you. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom to guide and direct you specifically in how you eat and move and interact with food. So having a few less carbohydrates could be a really great thing to learn from the keto diet. The other thing we can learn is that preparation makes a big difference. In fact, as you look back on previous diet attempts and you're like, man, that diet went really well. I felt really good. Girl, I'm saying, I'm just saying from experience that probably a big part of it was that you were prepared, right? You got your food plan, you got your food list, you shopped, you prepped, you cooked ahead of time, you followed the food plan and it felt amazing. Well, can you, can you borrow that information from what worked for you in the past and apply it to more of a common sense way of eating, eating with wisdom? Hey, I'm gonna do a few less carbs and on Sundays, I'm gonna plan out my meals for the rest of the week. Another thing that we learned from the keto diet is that fat is not bad. <laughs> no, those who eat keto may swing to the other side and eat an excessive amount of fat, which is not really necessary. But when we were in the 90s, we were not eating enough fat to support our hormone production and satiety. I was hungry all the time. And honestly, my hormones bottomed out because I didn't have the nutrition in order to really build those building blocks of the hormones. So from keto, we learned that foods such as eggs and oils that were villainized many years ago are now really good to include because they are God made food. And as we've talked about several diets over the last few episodes, and we have another episode coming up on the lineup, what you're gonna see is the plans that work for people, the plans that make them feel good, or really any plan that has claims of health or weight loss, there's one commonality. And the commonality is eating real food. Now we can get caught up in that and we can turn that idea into just another diet, which is not helpful at all. But the concept of eating more real food, or even in time, the goal being mostly real food, most of the time is going to leave most everyone feeling really amazing. And that is really the crux and the heart of it that we want to come back to. So what can you take from keto or any diet plan for that matter about walking in food freedom? Like we know that if you've done diets in the past, manly worldly food restrictions don't change our hearts. You could follow food plan perfectly and you could still be greedy for more food than you need in your heart been there, done that. Girl, I've binged on carrots before because my diet was so restricted and yet that ravenous pit inside of me wouldn't stop at eating. Like I just needed something to try to fill the hole. So the external rules don't change the heart. And that's what diets teach us, right? The law, the law of the Old Testament, it was there to show us that we couldn't meet Christ's standard, but then Christ came and he fulfilled the law. And so now we walk in grace. So the diet it's kind of like the law, it brings us down, it shows us that we can't do it on our own, but God's grace in our eating allows us to rely on him fully for our transformation. What does this look like? This looks like doing your healthy eating plan with Jesus, with the wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit. It considers praying about what it is that you're going to do. What small habit would you like to focus on? Then the beauty is we don't even have to do it on our own. We can pray for the strength to be able to do that small, sustainable change. I'm not talking about starting a diet plan. I'm talking about looking at something 
that is doable, that you can be successful with this week. You make that decision, right, with prayer. Then you move on and you ask the Lord for strength to do it. God, help me to eat more veggies. Lord, help me to remember to follow that food plan that I have. Help me to recognize hunger and fullness. I'm going to be grateful for what I have and I'm going to stop when I'm full, but only through the power of you, Holy Spirit. And step out in faith and what God has said that he will do for you, which is to give you strength and be your ever-present help in time of need. And then finally, this is where it separates everything with diets. See, diets are about self-glorification and looking good and being about us, right? But when we do it with the Lord, the goal is for him to get the glory, right? Your friend comes up to you. She's like, girl, you are shining. What's up with you? It's not about the food plan you ate. It's not about the smoothie or this or that. It is about the Lord Jesus who is holding you hand in hand, step by step along this path to food freedom. So as we look at the keto diet, and if you're considering the keto diet, I ask you to pray about it, right? And what God leads you to do, you do so with his strength and for his glory. And that's what this is all about. Because when you bring the Lord into every area of your life, well... It changes everything. Oh, and P.S. If you're struggling to put the Lord before your weight loss goals, oh, sister, you are not alone. I spent years so afraid to yield my weight and my body to God because I thought he'd want me to be unhappy in my own skin or to be honest, overweight. But the reality is, is that God wants you to be comfortable and confident in him and he wants to be first in your life. That's why today I want to share the Overcoming Weight Loss Idols worksheet with you. In this simple four-page little workbook, you're going to be asked some questions that really get to the heart of the matter so that you can put God before the scale so that your goals can be a result of your relationship with him rather than being focused on the scale. Doesn't that sound like what he would want? I believe that's what he wants for you. So be sure to download it and dive in today. Oh, just one more thing. I almost forgot to ask you. If you have just a couple of minutes, could you hop on over and rate and review the podcast? It turns out that they really, really value your opinion. So if you could let the world know how the Grace-Filled Food Freedom Podcast has helped you, it will help to spread the message to other women who need hope in Jesus and food freedom through Christ. Well, it certainly was lovely to spend some time with you, sis. I hope that you're enjoying a taste of food freedom. Now, if you're looking for more of an entree, I'd love to officially invite you to my Platinum program. It's a six-month, deep-dive, start-to-finish program that is going to immerse you in God's Word and God's plan for food freedom. You can find out more at gracefulplate.com forward slash platinum. Be sure to check it out. I'll see you there.